need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. Welcome to the new podcast, the China Business Cast. Today I'm very excited. I'm here together, together with Miro Li. And she's a specialist when it comes to social commerce in China. And everyone knows this year has been a crazy year and social media is booming. Sales are booming, brands are using it, everyone is using it because we're all on our phone, all on our devices. So very excited to get an insight of how China is dealing with this and how this can be beneficial for you as a brand. A little bit about Miro before I, I let her finish my sentences, I would say. Miro is, is a native Chinese and have been living in Hong Kong for a decade and studied, I think, in France, in Hong Kong, and basically have been in the e-commerce space already for many years. And in 2017, started her own company, Double V Consulting to help overseas brands to enter the market, basically from zero to one. And these social niche platforms that we're going to talk about today, very focused on the Gen Z generation with Xiaohong Shu, like Red App, Billy Billy, as a main focus for her company. And then because she's very good in sharing, and she, you should definitely check out her LinkedIn, and, and she will share her handles later. Uh, she's sharing a lot of information and from that reason started the Chinable Academy to give training and resources to actually share, share knowledge and get industry leaders active to also share their thoughts and uh, trends and, and industry. So very excited to have you here, Miro. Thanks, Simon. I'm glad to be here and glad to be in Shanghai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to Shanghai. Yeah, thanks. Is, is this your first trip to Shanghai since a while? Uh, no, I've actually, uh, I have to go to Shanghai like several times every year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, to meet partners, clients, yeah. Because you're normally based in Shenzhen, right? Yeah, I'm normally based in Shenzhen, but you know, a lot of like foreign brands or um, like other agencies are, many of them are in Shanghai. So every year I, I come to Shanghai to meet them. Yeah. Do you think Shanghai is more like the place to be when it comes to cross-border e-commerce to China? Yes. More than Shenzhen? Uh, I think Shenzhen is more like cross-border e-commerce uh, export uh, business, like from China to other countries. But Shanghai, we see more foreign brands that if they want to like, uh, have a China office in, in China, uh, they, want, they would choose Shanghai as the first option. They will build their whole team in Shanghai. So you see also the main industry players to have their head office in Shanghai or yeah. is it in maybe Hangzhou or is it in this area? Uh, I think Shanghai is more like a big foreign brands, international brands. Cool. So I think Billy Billy is also based in Shanghai. Yeah. yeah. And Shu <laughs> as well. You're going to be visiting them as well? Yeah. I will also be visiting Billy Billy's office tomorrow. Cool. And you're invited, I think, by the American Chamber of Commerce yes. to, to have a talk? Yes. They have uh, an event called the Future of Marketing, a one-day conference uh, on Thursday this week. So I will also be joining one of the workshops to talk about how to do marketing on Xiaohongshu, uh, especially for new brands and niche brands. So we're going to publish this after the event, so, okay. so there's no risk in, in sharing in that sense. Okay. So what will be your main message that you want to give to the audience that will be at the NCHM event? Okay, so I think uh, my main focus is uh, talk about like if you only have limited budget uh, but you still want to go to China, I think uh, Xiaohongshu may be uh, one of the options that new brands can consider because it's a social commerce platform. It has both the social communities and also the e-commerce. So basically, as a new brand, it has like um, less entry barriers compared to those big platforms like Timor or JD. And the cost will also be like less uh, compared to other platforms. So for new brands, you can have an online shop and also you can build your word of mouth, you can have your own content to tell the brand story, you can work the KOLs, KOCs, etc. So you can do everything uh, on this platform to enhance the whole social commerce. I think this is also one of the hot topics in China now. Yeah. You mentioned the K 
KOLs or the key opinion leaders, mm-hmm. and you mentioned the KL KOC. Is it what? Key opinion consumers. Ah, I yeah. see. I see. Like it's also a new term. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear that one uh, yeah. before. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, before we go into this a little bit uh, deeper, so. You you started your own company in 2017, and I'm always curious when pe- why people start deciding to start create their own China business, especially mm-hmm. in e-commerce because there are so many leader and companies already out there. Yeah. Yeah. I actually because I I, I was born in a small village. Uh, in China, uh, in Jiangxi Province, and then after the Gaokao, the 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 college entrance exam uh, in China, I went to Hong Kong to study in the university, and then after that, I also work in Hong Kong. I work in I've, I've been working in the PR and marketing agency. I've also worked in a cross-border e-commerce platform that sell overseas products to China. So I've known a lot of overseas brands. I've talked to those big names, big international brands. I've also talked to those smaller brands um, because I see on China e-commerce platforms like Taobao, Tmall, those big ones, there are a lot of big names and the market is dominated by those only several international big brands. But actually, you know, a lot of foreign brands, maybe they are smaller, they are new to China, maybe they have zero awareness in China, but they actually have a very good and high quality products. And I think there is a gap between these smaller brands to Chinese consumers because um, they, for brands, they don't really know like how to enter the market. They don't have the budget to have a local team. They don't know which channel they should use, like which social media, which uh, e-commerce platform they should use. And for Chinese consumers, um, the market is dominated by the big brands. They actually, they they demand for more new products, new brands, new high quality products, but they don't know where to find them because they can't buy them on Tmall. So that's why I think um, maybe there is a gap between this. So I think maybe uh, there is a chance that we can help this maybe small to medium foreign brands to enter China, maybe with uh, uh, lower budget but they can still have you know um, a, a niche brand awareness targeting this niche group of consumers so that's why I started my uh, consulting company in 2017 and at the beginning we only focused on Xiaohongshu because at that time you know um, Xiaohongshu was not that famous like now uh, especially among foreigners at that time when I talk about Xiaohongshu I told my clients that well maybe this is a good platform for you to explore they would ask me well I've never heard of this platform I only know Tmall and JD why would you tell me to go to this platform then maybe they are too small well the reason we choose Xiaohongshu to focus at the beginning is because uh, like I mentioned it's a social commerce platform Uh, it has like less entry barriers, less cost, and uh, you can have your cross-border shop on that, which is much easier for foreign brands because it supports cross-border logistics, cross-border payment. You can use your foreign entity to open the shop. It's much easier. You don't need to have a Chinese company. And then you can, as a new brand, only have a shop is really not enough because people don't know about your brand. They will not buy it. So that's why at the at meantime, you will also need to build the brand awareness, like build the word of mouth. So this is where they can use the social community of Xiaohongshu to uh, like work with KOLs to build their own content, their own Chinese local content, to tell the brand story, to let the customers to lo- know more about their story, like the story behind the products. So that's why um, we chose Xiaohongshu to be uh, our main focus at the beginning. And then after that, because we're uh, working with more and more clients and they also want us to manage other uh, social platforms, so that's why we also help them to do like uh, WeChat, Weibo accounts. And uh, because Bilibili, like another emerging platform, has been um, 
becoming more and more popular and it's specialized like it's specially targeting Gen Z so uh, in recent years we are also uh, starting to help our uh, brands to explore opportunities on Bilibili and yeah if, did you want me to like yeah so, so, so I think before we go very yeah. deep because there are yeah. a lot of things already uh, happening uh, um, just to be able to keep a clear overview yeah. so we got Xiaohong Shu itself it has a, a very uh, cool ecosystem where the social part is very separated from the commerce part. Yeah. So that, in my opinion, or my experience is that the yeah, one person can only leave limited reviews mm -hmm. on a certain product, mm -hmm. so that they try to get as many people, different people, mm -hmm. to comment on a certain product. Mm -hmm. And that product, there can be a link to a store, but it doesn't have to be because the consumer yes. can search independently. So sure, the social part is also used to identify products and then search somewhere else and yes. purchase them, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, you, you're actually uh, talking about the consumer behavior of like Xiaohongshu users yeah. because um, Xiaohongshu started as uh, only a social media. At the beginning, they don't have the e-commerce part. So um, like 70% of the Xiaohongshu's content are UGC content, which is user-generated content. So which means that the users on Xiaohongshu, they like to write original content like uh, the product reviews, product uh, feedbacks and like travel tips or for example what kind of cosmetics is suitable for uh, dry skin, something like that. They like to write a lot of things about that and the thing is mm, you can see a lot of uh, content on Xiaohongshu is may not be about the brands that already exist in China. You can actually find a lot of content are about niche brands yeah. that you may not be able to purchase them in China. So so that's why, like you said, the e-commerce the e is actually separated. Like um, you can purchase on Xiaohongshu, but you can also use it purely as a social media to find information from other people, find reviews from other people, and then you go to other channels, like you go to Taobao or you find a Daigo to help you purchase these products, it's okay. Yeah. And so for the, the social part, like many many of the listeners will know about Tmall and Alibaba yeah. and Jingdong. And I think Xiaohongshu is already is in the top five when it comes to commerce. Um, yeah, cross-border e-commerce may be... Uh, I think the market share is still very uh, small compared to Tmall because, uh, you know, Tmall just acquired uh, Kaola yeah. uh, last year. So combined, uh, Tmall Global plus Kaola, they actually own more than half of the market share of uh, in the cross-border e-commerce sector. So uh, after them, it's uh, JD International and then you have uh, VIP, and then maybe uh, Xiaohongshu and other maybe smaller platforms. Yeah, Jimei and those kind of... Yeah, like yeah. Uh, Yangmato. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this is really particular for cross-border e-commerce. That's your main focus. So that yeah. means products that have not been officially registered in China. Mm -hmm. They're basically new. Yeah. And you help a brand to enter the market and give them online visibility. Yes. using these social uh, platform, niche platforms. Yes, um, the reason why we focus on cross-border e-commerce is because uh, like many of our clients are uh, beauty brands and they uh, don't do animal testing and which is why they can't register in China, they have to go cross-border. So uh, like have an online shop and do like online marketing is like the only option they have. So um, that's why I think cross-border e-commerce is also booming. Uh, this years in China. So regarding the animal testing, last year I heard that there were rumors that they would uh, yeah. abandon this rule. Uh, there are rumors. The I think they have been discussing this issue, the CFDA, and they are revising the regulations, but it's not confirmed yet. Okay. So maybe, I don't know, maybe next year we will hear some news. Okay, cool. You already mentioned something about uh, Billy Billy just now. and. For me, it's I, I'm not big. Uh, I'm not a big user of Bilibili, although I'm here, and it's a huge company. I did some research. There are like 140 million users a month or yeah. something. Yeah. It's insane, and uh, and they're even stock listed in the Nasdaq. Yeah. So I think it would be good to share a little bit what 
about more about Billy Billy, and then we go maybe some other niche platforms that people can do some research on if they're interested in. Mm -hmm. um, Billy Billy is a video sharing platform. So uh, I think if you consider the functions, they may be similar to YouTube in terms of the functions, like people post uh, videos. Like it's it's also um, most of them are UGC content, like user generated content. Um, I, but uh, the difference is uh, Bilibili started as an ACG community. ACG means uh, animation, comics, and games. Like in Chinese, we call it Artsyuan, uh, two dimension. So that's why it's super popular among Gen Z because uh, ACG are like Gen Zers language. Like uh, that's why maybe you are not the user of it. I'm not a gamer, content. so yeah. Yeah. So so they started as ACG community, and the I think there are some uniqueness about Bilibili. Uh, the first is the the user stickiness um, is super super high because um, at the beginning uh, they they uh, are only an ACG community, which which means like. The users are a group of people with same interests, and the atmosphere of the community is is really good because um, they think this is like a really niche platform only for a small group of people. They see Bilibili as their home, where they can really express themselves. They can uh, talk uh, something that they cannot really talk at on other platforms. So, so that's why the, the user stickiness is very high. But I think recently, I think starting from last year, when Bilibili is getting bigger and bigger, like you mentioned, they have like 170 million monthly active users now. It's getting much bigger than before. Before they only have, I think, 50, uh, 50 to 100 uh, million users, like last year. And this year they are developing really fast. And now, um, well, some of the loyal users say it's getting more and more like uh, like any other video platform. The content it's not niche anymore. Although it's still very targeting Gen Zers because I think um, over seventy percent of the users are Gen Zers, like post ninety fives, post zero uh, zeros very very young group of people and um, they they've been working with a lot of like big brands like since last year to really be commercialization to it to uh, um, I, I don't know because they are on Nasdaq so that's why I think they want to they want to commercialize to I don't know they, they need to commercialize to you know make more money so that's why starting from last year they're working with a lot of big brands that's why a lot of loyal users are complaining about uh, yeah the community is changing. not niche anymore yeah not niche anymore <laughs> not like before like before you know those uh, KOLs they don't even post advertisements they just really produce high quality videos but now you can see more and more ads in the KOL's videos and yeah users are complaining about that okay yeah. so that, that leads me to, to the next question then then if Billy is not Billy Billy is not uh, niche anymore what is then where would the gamers then go to <laughs> to be still be alternative and be unique well uh, there are other like gaming um, platforms only for gamers like uh, uh, live streaming platforms like uh, Huya Douyu uh, those are only really only focusing on uh, gaming industry, but Bilibili is now not only focused on gaming or comics or animation. It has a lot of like documentaries. You can also watch movies. You can also watch like TV dramas or uh, reality shows or any other like interesting videos on the platform. Like everything you can find it on Bilibili. You know, one interesting figures is like. Millions of users actually study on Bilibili every year. They watch studying videos, like those educational videos, like online course. They actually use Bilibili as a studying platform. Cool. <laughs> and so it becomes very, very valuable. I, I checked the, the stock list, uh, the listing, 
and uh, this is not an, uh, any advice for any of the listeners uh, because I'm not an expert on this but I saw it's doubled there was like 23 US dollar um, September 2019 and now it's like 47 US dollar yeah. so it really doubled so on, on that side I think they're doing doing well and, and the necessity for brands to make use of platforms like Billy Billy and advertise to this Gen Z mm -hmm. which is a huge generation group yeah. Yeah. Uh, to uh, to target, especially when you look at their online behavior, the spending power. So, can you share a little bit more about the characteristics that you that Gen Z has? Yeah, the Gen Z. Uh, we usually uh, refer to post 95s, post zero uh, zeros, like uh, people who born after 2000, born after uh, 1995. Uh, this group of uh, generation, they are well educated. They have really high spending power because they are born in a uh, like middle class family. The the parents have, uh, the parents have the spending power. So that's why they have the spending power, and they are well educated. They are eager to express themselves. So that's why they you, you see on Xiaohongshu on Bilibili, uh, this group of people they like to really post like uh, produce videos, uh, write a lot of product reviews. They like to express themselves. They need a place to say something. And they are actually willing to pay for knowledge, pay for this. Like traditionally in China, you mm, people may not want to pay for, for example, uh, uh, to watch a movie online. But the Gen Zers are different. They are willing to pay for knowledge, pay for uh, you know really good work from other people, high quality work from other people. So um, I think this group of generation is really a group of customers that brands cannot miss because uh, the they are young. They will they are becoming the main force of consumption in China maybe in next five to ten years, and they are willing to uh, accept new concept, new new brands. Unlike maybe um, post 80s, they are, uh, if for example, if it comes to beauty products, uh, they would just be used to use those few brands they are familiar with, maybe those big international brands. But for young generation, they are more than willing to accept new brands, new concept, new product. They are actually exploring new brands. They don't want to be the same as any other people. They want to find niche brands, niche products that they can use. So I think this is also a very group, a very interesting uh, group of customers that we need to study. That's a big change if you look at the uh, cultural change within yeah. within China, where expressing yourself, you still do that with some caution. Mm -hmm. At least the generation yeah. uh, that that I'm from. And I'm 38, so that, in that generation, that's more caution and there's also more acceptance not to share your full opinion publicly. Mm -hmm. But you see in this Gen Z generation that looking for uniqueness, looking for ways to express yourself yeah. and also be able to support these kind of channels to, to express yourself yeah. is, uh, is quite stands out, I would say. Uh, yeah. You see other platforms besides Billy Billy and, and Xiaohongshu also doing targeting the same group? Um, uh, there are other platforms are also uh, may not be targeting Gen Z but you can see a lot of uh, Gen Zers uh, users like Douyin, Kuaishou, these are short video platforms but they are not really uh, like targeting Gen Z like Bilibili. There are also other generations uh, of users uh, but Gen Zers are also one of the huge like portion of the the users. Uh, compared to Douyin, Kuaishou, uh, they are short video platforms and Bilibili is more uh, for long videos if, if you are talking about the difference. Because when we talk about the difference between long and short videos is that short videos may not be that informative because like you can't really put a lot of information in a 15 second video on Douyin. So that's why on Douyin you can see more is for entertainment like funny videos or some dancing videos, you can see a lot of this type of videos. But on uh, Bilibili, it's different. It's more informative. Um, you can see some KOLs even post a 30-minute video. And you'd be surprised how many Gen Zers would be willing to watch you know, long videos every day. Really? They spend 
hours. I remember a, a figure is that um, averagely every user spent more than 18 minutes on Bilibili every day. Like this is huge, like more than a, an hour on this platform. Like they would watch. Eight zero. Eight zero minutes. Eighteen. Yeah, eighteen minutes. Oh wow. Yeah. Like this is a lot on a platform. You, yeah. That's why I, I say the user stickiness is really high. Like they are willing to watch these informative videos. Like maybe in this video, this um, this uh, KOL is talking about uh, how to do a makeup. Then she actually uh, spent thirty minutes to do the whole makeup. <laughs> And then the user actually are watching it. Uncut version. Yeah, uncut version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is really, really interesting. That's that's insane. That's forty hours a month. Yeah. It's like a whole work week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I spend on Billy Billy. And the, the, this platform itself, I, I always found it annoying because I've, I've seen it, of course, and there's all this text running through the screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I looked it up and apparently it's called a bullet screens. Yeah, bullet screens. So what, what's the purpose of this bullet screens? Um, I think it started in uh, Japan that when you watch uh, an animation, people would just uh, type, like they type the comment, but the comment shoots like bullets on the screen from one side of the screen. So that's why when you're watching the video, you're actually watching other people's comments at the same time and at the same time of this video like uh, at one minute of the video uh, when other people is also watching this part they are commenting like this so it's like you're uh, although maybe you are sitting here alone watching this video but it feels like you're watching it with a thousand of other people like you're sharing other people's comments like you're, you're you can also share your own comments I think it's very funny and sometimes you can see the the words in the bullet screen is so funny it becomes the like the hot words uh, on, on internet like it's uh, I, I also shared some of the bullet screen before like you can never guess what, what does it mean in even even though you are a Chinese if you don't know the Gen Zers language you can never you, you, you can never figure it out like what, what it means like so can you give an example of one that that really comes up? A lot and then yeah the the top one bullet screen uh, like last year uh, uh, according to Billy Billy's research is uh, a WSL it's it's a uh, four four letters a WSL but in Chinese it means uh, oh I'm dying I was so it's like when 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 they type in AWSL, it doesn't really mean they are dying, but it means that they are watching something really, you know, fantastic. Really, for example, they are they are seeing an idol, like really handsome guy, and they are see, they are saying, "Oh, I'm dying. He's so handsome." Something like that. That's awesome. <laughs> but so the the ones that put in their comments out there, these are. Uh, users or is it brands? Is it also used for advertising these bullet screens? Um, actually, it's users who put the comments. But I also see that some brands actually are also utilizing bullet screens. Like, uh, I think they pretend um, to be users to to type in the comment like, "Oh, this brand is so good," something like that. Yeah. So it's like they're also utilizing uh, bullet screens to advertise. Yeah. Cool. It's very, it's very, very fascinating. So, so how can a brand make use of this Billy Billy and Shaolong Shu? What, what would you normally uh, advise them? Well, uh, I think on Xiaohong Shu because it's a social commerce platform. So, I think for brands new to the market, you first you will need to build your brand awareness in the community. So, uh, a very uh, easy way to Mm, to see where your position is is to search your brand name in the community to see how many search results you have and you can also search your competitor's name to see what they are doing like um, how many search results they have and then uh, if they are working with the KOLs what types of the KOLs they are working like something something like that so that you will have a benchmark like uh, after you study your competitors you will have a benchmark like uh, what position you are in and what's your target. Uh, if you want to reach the same level of your uh, competitors, then how much work you will need to do, like how, how much content, how many KOLs you will need to work with. 
I think this is uh, the first step for brands to, if you want to uh, work on Xiaohongshu. And then maybe you will need to find those uh, trending uh, keywords, like trending news on Xiaohongshu and to combine them with your brand story, with your product information. So that's how you write your own content. Because uh, every uh, foreign brand, if they want to work with work on Xiaohongshu, they will need to really localize your content. When I say localize, I mean not only localize it for China, but localize it for Xiaohongshu because it's different from WeChat, Weibo, or other platforms. The language is different, and the tone of voice, the 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 image is also different. Like, for example, uh, Xiaohongshu users they they like to talk to each other like uh, friends, so it's very casual. So it's um it's not working if if a brand just posts really formal official content like press release on Xiaohongshu it's not working because people will just feel it's so boring you will have to like talk to your followers talk to your users like friends like really genuinely recommend this product to your friends that's how you reach China, uh, Xiaohongshu users All right. and when it comes to, to Bilibili is that mainly then used for advertising to be able to get visibility on that platform, or is it, how would brands use it? Uh, for Bilibili, you can also work with KOLs to like to uh, have them tailor-made videos for your product, or you can also add your product in their videos. For example, some KOLs they would post a vlog, so one vlog can include maybe several different products, and then maybe one of them can be yours. Or you can also work with the platform to have like advertising. Um, they also offer like um, like feeds ad. The, the 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 ads is like a, a picture in the feeds. So uh, when people click it, they can watch your maybe your commercials or uh, or your KOL videos. Or they can also now they can also be linked to your Tmall store. Uh, the, this is a new function on Bilibili. So this also have, I think they they are also trying to push the social commerce uh, function to link it to the e-commerce platform. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the the main trend. Uh, both are looking for this because I would say Jingdong and and, and Tmall they have a lot of trust when it comes to payments. Yes. Uh, and and not not all the other. Social media channels are maybe that not that sophisticated yeah. on payments, and that's a very big risk where you see most of the Chinese sales are online, are on platforms. Yes, they're not outside, not on individual stores or etc. Yeah. So that's definitely where there's maybe some trust to gain traffic and bring that into a physical store, an existing store. Yes. Yes, I think it's really hard to compete with Team War JD in terms of e-commerce because they already have like this huge group of customers and they it's it's like a force of habit. If I want to buy something, I would just go to Taobao to search it. But if I want to, you know, search for information like uh, product reviews, I want to see if this cream is really good. What does other people say? I will go to Xiaohongshu to yeah. find other people's reviews. So this is how customers are, uh, consumer behavior in in China. Yeah. yeah. So regarding this year, this year has been a crazy year. Uh, we just talked a little bit also, of course, for your business because you mostly service Western brands who want yeah. to enter China. Yeah. So what do you, what do you how do you look well look back at this year? It's a little early maybe, but how do you look back at 2020 yeah. uh, for yourself but also as a main trend that has developed in China itself mm -hmm. um, I think um, well I think COVID-19 definitely changed the year uh, in terms of the market um, I think uh, the, the, cus the, the consumer behavior is also changed like many people are forced to really purchase everything online because they can't really go out and it also forced the brands to go digitalize because, uh, well, the retail stores are all closed, uh, well, maybe several months ago, but now it's open. Well, that's why with the, the retail brands, they have to go digitalize. I see so many brands start to, you know, open online stores, even do advertising, even do live streaming, even have their CEO to do the live streaming. Um, 
like during the COVID when people can't go out. So that's why live streaming is booming this year because people are stuck at home and they have nothing else to do. They can only watch live streaming. And I think that's obviously one of the biggest trends uh, in China e-commerce. And another thing is maybe O2O, I think, like... Um, Online to offline, offline to offline, to offline, offline, to yeah, offline to online. Like uh, online to offline is that people are still getting information from online platforms, but um, they go to offline stores to purchase, or or maybe sometimes they uh, they can't finish this whole process online. For example, some service providers. I see Ouxiaohongshu uh, a lot of like. Mm, education institute like uh, some somewhere you can learn English or some wedding planners they also advertise on Xiaohongshu they can actually also reach this group of people but you can only get information online and you have to go to offline shops to finish the whole purchase finish the whole process so so this how on, how online to offline and then offline to online is that offline stores mm, it's not enough that you only have an offline store. You still need to advertise online. You still need to, you know, um, give a lot of information to your customers, build your brand image, like use all these social platforms. Like you see so many offline shops are doing like uh, videos on Douyin, funny videos to attract people to go to their restaurant, to go to their uh, retail stores to buy. So I think O2O is even more um, enhanced in 2020 like uh, it's I think it's um, inseparable like online offline business it you have to do you have to do it at the same time you have to do it together do you think this emerge of this kind of social media usage is temporarily or it just has speed up and will continue to uh, I, I think it will continue to evolve like um, especially now uh, we're looking more at the young young generation like post 95s they are like they are born in the internet era they are stuck on the internet they are spending hours on their phone on WeChat on social media every day I think it will only speed up like even um, even not talking about young generation, even maybe older generation, like in Chinese there is a term called silver generation. Uh, the silver generation. Sil silver. In fact, yeah, okay. it's like uh, you maybe you're over 50 or 60 years old. They are using Douyin or Kuaishou to, you know, shoot videos. They are using WeChat to pay to, maybe they go to supermarket, they're using WeChat pay. Uh, they are also using Taobao. Even my own parents, they are they are using all these you know online channels to receive information, use Taobao to purchase everything. I think it's it will only speed it up. Yeah. Yeah, the adaptability of Chinese in general, the willingness to try something new. Yeah. Uh, but also the willing, the quickness to switch, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is uh, is enormous. Uh, so the the company that the platform that might be leading today might not be leading tomorrow. Yes. So it it is a very tricky environment uh, still to to consider. Yeah. So so for the one of the biggest festivals is coming this year, eleven eleven. This is normally really the largest one. I think global by now. Yeah. Do you considering the whole this year and what's happening? Um, most of the stores already are preparing. Mm -hmm. uh, they already have submitted all their discounts. Yes. They already have stock arriving. So, have you already have some insight, maybe on what, how they're going to use social media, but also what kind of trends or you expect? Uh, I think, uh, although uh, maybe the crisis is uh, changing the whole country, changing the whole market, I still think this year's W11 will have a new record because maybe I think one important reason is that people are stuck at home now uh, this year and they can't go out to travel and they, you know, a lot of people are actually eager to buy, are eager to purchase. Like you can see those um, luxury brands, luxury stores in Beijing, Shanghai. It, there are actually a, a long line there <laughs> waiting to buy. It's like really uh, surprising, honestly, because uh, you, you see the economic is not so good and many people are losing their jobs and maybe middle class are uh, 
becoming more conservative in consumption, but there are also a lot of people are eager to buy those luxury products. So I think um, this year's Double Eleven will still be like a one-time, uh, a one-year, one one-time a year uh, shopping festival for the whole country for all the Chinese. So what do you think the brands? How would they benefit from this big? Event? Well, um, if you ask me honestly, um, although the numbers are really good every year for brands, but. Uh, uh, I know that a lot of brands are only selling but not really making money because uh, they have to give really big discount and the, they are also spending a lot of marketing dollars. Like um, maybe you are selling a lot of products, but in the end, if you do the math, you you, you don't really make any money. But I well, I think Double Eleven is more for advertising. Honestly, <laughs> if you ask me, it's like. Um, uh, you 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 have to join the festival because everyone else is doing the same thing, but uh, you can see it more like an advertising, a, a marketing instead of selling. Uh, because well, although you can sell, maybe you you are not really making money. So maybe just use this opportunity to advertise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So actually, we. We, you, in, you were introduced by, uh, my, by our mutual connection, Lina, uh, Lina B. Or, uh, she was in episode 97. And so for me, it was uh, uh, yeah, very cool. Of course, I would say yes, once Lina someone recommends someone to me, I have to see. It's the first time we met, but we were, we were connected already. And the most reason why I, I definitely said yes, because you share a lot of valuable content on LinkedIn. Uh, particularly on Sharon Show and and Billy Billy now, but but much more than that. So reports on market industry developments, all these kind of things. And then last year you decided to start the China Bull Academy. Yeah. So so what's what brings you to giving away so much free content and teaming up with others to to actually educate people and users on e-commerce? Yeah, because, um, well, before I only have a consulting company that maybe provide uh, marketing or maybe operational service to the clients. And then I find out many foreign brands, they are not really familiar with the market. They don't really understand how it works or um, the difference between the platforms, how Chinese customers think. So I think um, sometimes... Uh, it's really uh, it's really necessary to educate them first because you, if you ask me, I would say I hope to grow together with my brands, with my clients. If you don't understand the market, then even though I may propose some really good ideas or I, to I told you, well, you should go to here, you should go to this platform, you should do this. It's like um, the, the one way... The, the one way, like I, I tell you to do something, then you say yes or no. But I think it's better for you to also understand the market, then we can be, um, you know. Make your job easier. Yeah, make my job easier. <laughs> also make their job easier. And they would understand my, you know, my suggestions better. And when I say, well, you should go to this platform, they would know, oh, okay, I, I understand it. And it's actually, uh, you know, so hard to really talk to someone who don't really understand the market. Um, you have to start from zero, you have to educate them first. I think education is an important step if we, no matter if a brand wants to enter market, enter China or if as an agency we want to bring a brand here to China, it, you still need education. Uh, in the first step. So that's why I think, well, uh, maybe I can build this academy. I will invite the industry leaders to share opinions because each one may be focused on different field. So maybe uh, each one of them can talk about uh, different uh, strategies, uh, their uh, suggestions, their advice to the foreign brands. So you don't need to like, um, you, you don't need to really find those it because sometimes for for them it's hard to really find useful information online and a lot of it are in chinese so maybe you can just go to our channel academy and then you can uh, listen to the course you can listen to the webinars 
you can uh, read the articles that written by uh, industry leaders. So you will have at least a basic idea of you know the how the market is and how the customers are like. Then we can talk about next step because if you like if if you don't understand the market, it's really hard to start. Like uh, I'm not trying to you know uh, make a mon- make some money and then <laughs> disappear. It, it it it's it's not working. I hope really to um, be helpful to the to the client to their brands. Help. I hope really we can build the brand in China instead of just. Maybe I tell you, oh, okay, you you can you can do this campaign, and then um, it has no results, and then uh, I will just find another client. It's not working. Yeah, so it's not a consulting job. It's yeah. more like a partnership, right? Yeah, yeah. So that means that some someone that has local presence need to get some trust as well, so that the advice they're given are valid. Although the advice yeah. might sound weird or is not supported enough by the data, because that's the Western way thinking is also very much. Okay, can you share why we should do this? Yeah. Can you support this with data? And sometimes it's, but that's the trend. This yeah. is my gut feeling. I see this happening. Yeah. This is the direction we should go. There yeah, is no data about this yet, so that makes it hard as well. And also, China is changing so fast, and you can't really find data for everything. Sometimes it's, you know, your your forecast for this platform, or um, sometimes. You are in this industry. You may have some. You may hear some rumors or some not really data thing. But you you will see. Okay, I I think it will go this way. Maybe next month or next year. But you can. It's really hard to explain this because it's like you said. It's a gut feeling. Like you 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 feel it may go this way. Yeah, forecasting is one of the hardest things I had to do. Yeah. Pred- predicting the <laughs> the sales and the economy in China yeah. is uh, is a really tough job. It's an impossible job, I would say. So it, it really looks uh, look for a partnership. So the China Bowl Academy itself. If if you as a listener are interested and learn more about cross border e-commerce, you don't have to be in China to learn about it. There are a lot of industry leaders that are sharing this in English, and I think it's free, right? It's free of charge. Uh, most of the content are free. We also have several paid courses, but you can actually watch the free course first. If you're interested, then you can also try the paid course. We also have webinars called China Suite. So for each episode, I will also interview, uh, like Simon, like what Simon is doing, interview the industry leaders to help have them talk about uh, their opinions on the market. Um, for uh, my webinars, I have interviewed. Um, For example, Xiaohongshu uh, KOLs, or uh, Tmall Global BD Manager, or um, or brand owner who own a foreign brand and who are also doing China market now, or I also talk about uh, like uh, China distributors who represent foreign brands and help also help them do all the whole e-commerce and marketing. So if you're interested, you can also yeah watch this uh, replay videos. I think it will be very insightful for. Uh, brands who are not really familiar with China market. Some are even on YouTube. I saw. Yes, they're all on YouTube. You can also subscribe. Not on Bilibili. Uh, not on Bilibili yet. <laughs> yeah. You should try. I yeah, saw. I saw try. some foreign influencers are are using Bilibili because yes, there are plenty of foreigners yeah. in China, no access to YouTube, doing cross border e-commerce, looking for content. <laughs> That's true. I, I I should do that. I also see a lot of YouTubers are actually starting to open Bilibili accounts yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting a lot of traction, so that's very cool. Yeah, so so just to to wrap up because I know you have a very busy trip ahead uh, in Shanghai. You're just starting, so you still need a lot of energy on the rest <laughs> of the days. So what I always want to end the podcast with is because we have this intro tune saying learn about war stories in China. Yeah. So so over the past years, what what is your like your war story in China? What what is it that you overcome uh, that 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 was quite difficult? Mm, I think um, as an like an agency owner, I think one one thing I've been struggling with, and I am still struggling, is that I feel uh, working with. A client working with a brand is like being in a relationship. 
that you put a lot of resources, you put a lot of energy in it, and uh, it's really hard to find someone in the same pace with you. I and love you back. Yeah, love you back. <laughs> we understand each other, you know. It's really hard to find that right person. <laughs> like maybe in a year, you cannot find one person that really understand you. So um, I guess um, there is still a gap there. Uh, that's why I want to really um, produce more content, educate them first, and then maybe uh, we will understand each other better. So I think this is maybe this is an issue that or you know agency will struggling um, because uh, it's I think it's the same problem that uh, all of us will face. But still, if I think if we can really find someone who. Uh, understand each other, who are willing to you know partner together and to grow together. I think we can definitely do something really great together. So this is uh, I have I have confidence in my own team in our uh, own ability. So yeah, I think that's the. I don't know if if that's the worst story in China. I feel like being an entrepreneur, you know, start my own business. I'm in a war every day. Like, <laughs> I have to worry everything. Yeah, it is entrepreneurship is tough, and I think uh, that's not just in China. That's global, obviously. Yeah. But in China, the things around you change so much that it's not that easy to to stay on top of your game. I, I recognize the, the struggle of uh, finding a, a partner or a customer in this in this way uh, that follows you without too much explanation yeah. and that's that's definitely uh, I recognize that I also fully understand so if you are a brand owner we I also want to share that with you my opinion if you want to be active in China really assign a resource not only in China but locally in your home country wherever you're based that is focused on China don't do that on the side and because if you do it on the side the person is not fully committed and involved and have too much on their plate because there are already things you have to be on top of the game uh, in China itself and to make the life easier for for Miro and many other agents to have someone that is committed to the to the to the job is is very important to have a counterpart not just here but also in your home country mm -hmm. yeah Cool. So, thank you so much. Is there any way that if people want to listen, uh, reach out to you, where where should they where should I send them? Uh, well, they can uh, follow my LinkedIn. They can search Miro Lee, or they can also add me on WeChat if they want to talk. Uh, my WeChat is uh, Miro five zero nine M I R O five zero nine. So right. they can also add me on WeChat. Yeah. So if you don't have WeChat as a listener, stop listening because you need WeChat <laughs> before you can yeah. do business in China. Yeah. No, it's joking. I'm not sure what's gonna happen this month with uh, WeChat in the US. So <laughs> well. I cannot force anyone on this part. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Thank you, Amiro, thank you, for Simon. joining the show, and have a great trip in Shanghai. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Businesscast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.